0: Well, if you have your Bibles, may I encourage you to turn to the book of Philemon. Philemon. It's not a big book. Only 25 verses. Like I mentioned earlier, we're going to, in the next three months, look at uh, forgiveness, confession, reconciliation. What does that mean, and how does that apply to us, and how should we apply that as we Profess to be Christ's followers. I want to start this journey by looking in Philemon, and so today we're going to just dive into the book. And so, may I encourage you to bring your Bible along if you have one and go to, the, to your phone if you have that and use the app? That's fine. encourage you to follow along. I'm going to be using NIV, it uh, seems to be kind of a common one amongst us that people use. Uh, but if you have King James or any other ESV, that's totally fine. It's great. Fantastic. Next few Sundays, we're going to break Philemon 25 verses into three different messages. So, so uh, there's much there that we can gather from this. And so today, it's just going to be an intro. Philemon is a short book, and yet it's a powerful story of the gospel at work in the lives of believers. It's a message for us today. It's also a book that can be preached in one message. Or it can be closely examined and broken down into a mini-series, and that's what I've chosen to do. For us as a body, as we wrestle with reconciliation, with forgiveness, fellowship, what does that all mean? How does that all look? And when I began in September, I had asked you to encourage you, actually, to write down your prayers for this church body, and we'd make a prayer booklet. And many of you have had that. And if you haven't got one, please see me. I'd be glad to get you one. Um, but they were in your mailboxes if you hadn't checked that out. And in that, there's been many prayers written by you, Exactly along that lines, so that we may have forgiveness, that we may forgive each other, that we may walk through this, that the Lord may bring healing, that we can find our right path again. This is something, though, that's not com- uh, uncommon to church bodies. It's not uncommon. The Israelites wrestled with this all the time. So we're no different, and we struggle with this, we wrestle with it. We might wrestle with it even with our own families, our own family networks. And so may I encourage you to come, to stick it out with us, to dig into God's Word as we get into this. Encourage your friends if they need to hear it. Because we want to open up God's Word and see what He has to say. Every book in the New Testament has a purpose behind its writing, a story that prompted the author to take up their pen and write it or have it written for them. And this is certainly true to this letter to Philemon. And so let us get into this book as we start off. If you have it there, Philemon, let me read it. Paul, a prisoner of Christ, Jesus and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker. To Aphatha, our sister. And our Krippus, our fellow soldier. And to the church that meets in your home. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank God, my, thank my God as I remember you in my prayers. Because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. Therefore, although in Christ, I could not be bold, I could be bold, and order you to do what you ought to do, yet I appeal to you on the basis of love. I then, as Paul, an old man, and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus, I appeal to you, my son, for my son Omysius, who became my son while I was in chains. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he has become useful both to you and to me. I am sending him, who is my very heart, back to you. I would, like, I would have liked to keep him, with me so that he could take your place and help me while I'm in chains for the gospel. But I did not want to do anything without your consent so that any favor you do will be spontaneous and not forced. Perhaps the reason he was separated for you for a little while was that you might have him back for good. No longer a slave, but better than a slave as a dear brother. that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I ask. And then one thing more. Prepare a guest room for me, because I hope to be restored to you in answers to your prayer. Ephesus, my brother, prisoner for Christ Jesus, sends you greetings. And so does Mark and Archytas and Demas. And Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. And there it is. The whole book of Philemon wrapped up. Let me give you some background as we dive into this book. Some important things for you to write down. I didn't create an outline because I was away. But you have a whole page. So if you don't write down your Costco notes for groceries and that you can put down some points for more than 2 years during his third missionary journey Paul ministered in Asia Minor among the people of Ephesus this was a successful period for Paul and to the gentiles he saw many converts among these residents of Ephesus and visitors to the city. And one of those visitors was a converted under Paul's teaching was a man named Philemon. A slave owner by the near city of Colossae. Now Paul is a prisoner in Rome. And his friend Philemon is in Colossae. And the human link... Between these two people was a runaway slave named Omenius. The details aren't clear. But it appears that Omenius robbed his master. And then he fled to Rome. Probably he was hoping to be swallowed up by the crowded metropolis. Let's just get to Edmonton. Let's get to Calgary. Nobody can find me there. Okay? And if that's not big enough, I just came back from BC. Let's go to Vancouver. Let's hide there. And it's here that Onesimus meets Paul and becomes a Christian in Rome, of all things. He becomes a convert. He becomes a Christ follower. He hears Paul's message and he receives it in his heart. Now back then, the law permitted a master to execute a rebellious slave. But Philemon was a Christian. And if he could give forgiveness What would the other masters and slaves think about that? If Philemon punished him, how would that affect his ministry? What a dilemma. This was the dilemma. This was not a small thing. He was robbed, and he had every right to put him to death. And when Paul sends him this powerful letter, it's a predicament. What a situation. And so Paul has this letter written to Philemon. And along with this letter to the Colossians, this letter was probably carried, pardon me, by Titicus and we see this in Colossians and this just gives you some background so Paul is sending him back to deliver this letter this former slave he's carrying it back and in this letter we see two things Paul is trying to help Philemon solve a dilemma what do I do? What do I do with this slave coming back who stole from me? We also see, though, a beautiful picture of what the Father has done for us through Jesus Christ, which at the end of March we'll be remembering. Martin Luther said this, all of us, are All of us are this slave. Now why is this letter to Philemon so important? Paul let Philemon know how much he appreciated Philemon. His friendship. And we see this in the first seven verses of this. He just pours it out. He just says, I'm always thankful. I'm always thanking my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your faith in Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. He's also commending Philemon for being a good father and husband. And you see that when he comes down through it. Many scholars and the commentators that I follow and read believe that Aphitha, was Philemon's wife. And Archippus was his son. So this letter is very, very close. It's written to this family unit. In Colossians 4, 17, we're told that this son of his had assumed the role of pastor in Colossae. When Ephesus The founder of the church went to Rome to see Paul in prison. So, this gives you a little bit of the importance of this letter. Paul also pays Philemon a huge compliment when he tells him what a blessing it is to see how much Philippi, Philemon, pardon me, loves Jesus Christ. And then he also thanks Philemon for his hospitality. And love shown towards other Christians. And we see that. I love your love has given me great joy and encouragement. Because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saint. As I think about this, as we dive into this letter. The question I leave for you and I ponder myself is that it should be each of our goal to be, have this type of reputation as a Christian. When we think about this, about how Paul was refreshed, how Paul was encouraged, wouldn't that be neat and wouldn't that be exciting for that to be said of each one of us? If Philemon was not of good reputation, Paul would not have even made this request, But Paul believed that Philemon would do the Christian thing in this matter regardless of how hard it would be for him. And so Paul is appealing to him. Matter of fact, he even said, I could order you, but I'm not going to do that. When your name is mentioned amongst Christian brothers and sisters while you're not present, what is said? What is said about you? Now, Omicius was a slave. A slave of Philemon. And millions of people were slaves throughout Roman Empire at this time. Millions of them were slaves. His name actually means useful. However, useful was useless to Philemon. And that's why Paul even says it here. He was unprofitable for Philemon in the past. He was a stealer. He stole from his master. He was a stray. He ran away to Rome. He became a fugitive. And from Colossae to Rome, just to give you some distance, that's a thousand miles. So it wasn't just running to look home. He was running a long ways away. And the letter to Philemon reminds us that God's revelation to humanity is intensely personal. It's personal. This letter of Philemon reveals doctrine such as the love of God, forgiveness in Christ, The dignity of humanity have real and pertinent impact in everyday life. God sees us, and we're important to Him. This letter is also an illustration of the transforming power of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. From this letter we find how exposure to the gospel makes a difference at every point where it touches us in our lives. Because what is Christianity if it does not work? What is that? I mean, we could sing the songs that we sang this morning, but if we don't live it, what is it? What does it mean? Christianity. Christianity is nothing if it does not have show itself in relationships. It's an amazing letter when we dive into it. In the way we can expect to change when the grace and the rule of Jesus Christ begins to affect our lives. At first glance, this letter to Philemon appears to be a personal letter between the apostle Paul and a believer called Philemon who happens to have a church body meeting in his house but when we read the letter we see that it's between a very personal letter that's between church bodies within that public domain it wasn't just to Philemon it was speaking to that whole household it was speaking to that body It is from Paul, to those with him, as it's addressed in verse 1, and in verses 23 and 24. To Philemon, our beloved and fellow laborer, to the beloved wife, to the son, our fellow soldier, and to the church in your household, Looked at it that way. It can be a paradigm for the restoration of a broken relationship. Asking for forgiveness, confession, and reconciliation. As we open up this book, as we open up this letter, what's the big idea? What can you take away this morning? Paul's message to Philemon is a simple one. Based on the work of love and forgiveness that had been created in Philemon's heart by God, show the same to the escaped and now believing slave, Onesimus. That's the message. Paul's message would have had extra force behind it because he knew Philemon personally. Paul had explained the gospel to Philemon. He had witnessed the profound result. He saw Philemon come to know Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Paul knew that, that conversion is nothing to trifle with. That it should be honored and fostered. Hallmark of the New Testament church is that individual believers became a church family through the relationship that Christ created. We are one because we have the same Lord, the same Savior, the same God, the same King. That's why we're one. That's what Paul's message here. Paul did not minimize the slave sin. This was not some type of cheap grace that Paul had asked Philemon to offer. No, there was a sacrifice required in this request. And because of that, Paul approached this topic with gentleness and care. And we see that in verse 21. His letter to Philemon presents the beautiful and majestic transition from slavery to kinship that comes because of Christ's love and forgiveness. Each one of us have experienced that. Each one of us have been a slave to sin. And now we are part of God's family. Paul opens up his message with thankfulness to God for Philemon, constantly making mention to him in his prayers. Paul celebrates Philemon's love and faith towards the Lord Jesus and towards all the saints. And in Colossians, love born of faith is a mark of true Christianity. You want to mark that down as we make this travel, and look at what forgiveness is all about. Colossians chapter 1, verse 4 talks about this, and chapter 1, verse 8. The effect of this love is that sharing your faith may become effectual acknowledgement of every good which is in you towards Jesus Christ. Paul and his companions have great joy and comfort, knowing that the hearts of the saints have been refreshed by you, brother Philemon. As we think about this, as we dive in it, may I encourage you throughout the week to read this small book of 25 verses, ponder it, read it, ask the Lord to speak to you in a powerful way. Is our Lord and Savior saying this to you and to me this morning? Just as Paul here says, if he has wronged you or owes you anything, put it on my account. What powerful words those are. One thing I realize as I get older and I live long enough. You will understand the difficulty of offering forgiveness when you have been wronged. You may not understand it for your young one, but you live it long enough and you're going to wrestle with it. It does not come easy. And yet as believers, we must recognize that our ability and willingness to offer Are the results of Christ's saving work on the cross. Because of that fact, forgiveness serves as a determining factor in who we say we are and hope and how we hope to live our lives. When we do not forgive, bitterness takes root in our hearts and chokes the validity out of us. Give it time. And it does. As we enter into this, my encouragement to you, brothers and sisters, is that Jesus Christ died for us and put our sins on his account. And since we have been forgiven, the least we can do is forgive others when they do us wrong. Until we, you and I, brothers and sisters in Christ, restore our relationship with others, we will not be as effective for the kingdom of God as we should. And all you have to do is read the Old Testament and you see the same struggle that the Israelites wrestled with, we wrestle with it today. In what ways has forgiven, give forgiveness been a struggle for you since you accepted Christ's forgiveness? Just ponder that question. Write that down. Let me say it one more time. In what ways has forgiveness been a struggle for you since you've accepted Christ's forgiveness? May I encourage you, again, to read this letter throughout the week, to ponder it, to ask the Lord to speak to you. Allow Paul's letter to Philemon to encourage forgiveness in your own life. And trust God to foster forgiveness Renew life in your heart and in your relationships as we move forward. Let me just close with prayer. Lord, thank you. Thank you for all that you have been doing in our midst. And Lord, as we come before you, just pray, Lord, that you will move in a powerful way. That we may open up our Bibles, that we may read this letter to Philemon, that you may speak to us in a powerful way, Lord. Lord, thank you. And we just pray and ask these things in your name. Amen. As the team closes, uh, I'll just have the uh, elders come up. And if you would like to have prayer, please come. They would love to pray with you afterwards.